Brothers and sisters in Christ, we welcome you to this service this evening. I thank you for coming. As you know, I'm not Pastor Jonathan, and I have uh, some news. As you know, Danny has been battling cancer for some years, and they recently got some tests back that it has uh, spread to her brain. And she is in the hospital right now getting further tests, and it was decided that that is the best place for Pastor Jonathan today. And um, I'm honored to be able to fill in in this service and uh, be of assistance and spread the message of hope at the beginning of Lent that culminates in Easter uh, to my good friends here. So welcome and thank you for coming. And so if uh, you could rise in body and spirit, if you can't rise in body, and we'll start our first hymn.
if you remain standing for our unison prayer. Almighty and everlasting God, you hate nothing you have made and forgive the sins of all who are penitent. Create and make in us new and contrite hearts that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of you, the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. Our first scripture reading today is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 58, verses 1 through 12. And I apologize, I forgot to write down the page number from the Bible for you to read along, but I trust you can find it. From the book of Isaiah, hear the word of the Lord. Shout it aloud, do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. For day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways, as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of fasting, you do as you please. You exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with, <laughs> striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. This is, is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves? It is, only, is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for laying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? It is not the kind of fasting I have chosen. To loose the chains of injustice, to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free, and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them, and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will click quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call on the Lord, and he will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, Here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing of finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness. Your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land, and he will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up upon the old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets and dwellings. May God light his blessing to the reading of this word. 
Thanks be to God. Second reading is from the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 1 through 6, then continuing to 16 to 21. Listen for the word of the Lord. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will, not, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And at this point in the Bible is the Jesus teaches the Lord's Prayer to his people, which we'll be reading later. So we'll skip ahead. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father, who is unseen. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Thanks be to God. Will you join with me in prayer? Our Heavenly Father, please reveal to us the message you would have us hear. Please let Pastor Jonathan and Danny know that we are thinking of them. We pray for their comfort. We pray for, for them to know that they are surrounded by love. We pray for your healing presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
There's a song I knew when I was a child. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. And I thought that was kind of a bit of an apt thing to think about today when we will be talking about our mortality. That in reality, it is fear, right? That is the part of death that is so frightening, right? One of the most famous speeches in the English language is Shakespeare's to be or not to be speech. I had to learn that when I was in high school, and I thought it would be no value to me ever in life. But uh, here I am, and I get to reference a couple excerpts of it where Hamlet basically says over and over why he is afraid to die, right? What dreams may come when we have shuffled off this mortal coil must give us pause, right? And I find it interesting that of all the things Jesus said, right, there are sayings that say, Jesus didn't say, want not. Je Jesus didn't say, suffer not. But Jesus said, fear not. And he is calling us to not be afraid. And that is the message, of course, of Easter. And to morph briefly into a little bit of a personal confession. Uh, in the early days of COVID, I... I got pretty sick, and I had a bad respiratory infection, and it was very odd, and it lasted a very long time, and I had a lot of COVID tests, and they all came back negative, but I was really sick, and I'll tell you, I met with Pastor Jonathan, and I did not succeed in do not be afraid. You know, I met with him, and I said, I'm afraid, and it was a very selfish fear. It wasn't, I'm afraid I'm going to leave my family, and they're going to be without their father. It was, I have all these plans and I'm not going to get to finish them. It was a very selfish, inward-looking fear. Uh, and Jonathan was very comforting to me in, in my silliness, really. Um, if I have faith, why on earth am I afraid? Um, I remember as a child, um, and this will say a little bit about my psyche, and I think second grade, our elderly neighbor passed away, and I found out when I was in school, and all the school children knew him, and we were sad. And I remember thinking, one day I'll die. And then one day after that, the last person who ever met me will die. And the whole world will be full of strangers. Now, what kind of messed up kid that eight years old thinks like that, right? That, that's really not healthy, right? <laughs> you know, and so it, it, was, it was very, uh, I, and frankly, I've, I've really never gotten a good response to that. Uh, other than, of course, um, the promise of this season, right? The promise. This is the beginning of Lent that ends with Easter. This is the preparation. This is the we are reminding ourselves that we are mortal so that when Easter comes, it really means something when Jesus says, we will be together again in heaven. Uh, I think one of the most memorable, kind of a combination, the most memorable Ash Wednesday services in this church 
were when Ken Green was a preacher here, not that the ones that Jonathan gave are not more memorable, but it was memorable because Louis Dudek was present at one of them, and for those who don't know, I think you all know Louis. He was a uh, teenager here, went through our Sunday school program. He had a very memorable faith statement where he said, uh, since we're all different, if, if I'm getting this right, since we're all different, then heaven has to be different for each one of us in order for it to be paradise, which I thought was a very interesting thing, right? That for each of us, there's no heaven that's perfect that would achieve paradise for each of us because we're all different. And Louis suffered from cancer, and I think it was pretty certain that he was not going to see another Ash Wednesday. And uh, Reverend Green remarked about the courage and the, the following Ash Wednesday when he was no longer with us, he remarked and he said, Louis Dudek stood right there. And I said to him, from ash you came to ash you will return. And knowing that he had not long to live, courageously stood there and let the ashes be put on his head. I find that very moving. And uh, frankly, he's a lot braver than I am. <laughs> when faced with my own fear, I, I did not stand bravely. I was afraid. Um, even though my faith is strong, but I don't know, I guess I cling too much to this mortal coil and, and, and don't have, don't express as much faith as I really ought to. But I bring all that up because one time, uh, Louis Dudek's mother, I, I talked to her once, and he, she was feeling kind of down, of course, in the years after, after Louis was gone, and she bumped into one of his friends who had nothing to do with this church and didn't know any of his ch church history, and happened to say to her, you know, Louis was in a dream of mine last night. And uh, I got to talk to him, and I said, what's heaven like? And he said, I can't tell you. It's different for everybody. And that was very comforting to his mother. I apologize. I'm <laughs> not used to speaking on such topics and where am I feeling on my sleeve a little bit? I apologize, but people say you know, the sincerity is the important thing when we speak of godly things. So I find it very interesting that this is the beginning of the Lenten season. This is where we're reminded of our mortality. And that when in a few weeks we stand here and we say, Christ is risen, we say, Christ is risen indeed, not has risen. Christ is risen. Christ is alive. Christ is with us today, now, forevermore. We are together. And that should be of great comfort to all of us. And um, for those of us who still you know, have our fears of the unknown, that I do, I guess I'm here to tell you that you're not alone. <laughs> but to think of Louis more or less sending that message 
right? Or God sending the message to Louis's mother that he's, he's in God's care. He is with Christ. He is still alive. We live past this earthly existence. And so what are we to do? We have this Lenten period, and what are we to do? Well, well we got a couple of scripture readings of what we're not supposed to do, right? We're not supposed to look all dour. We're not supposed to tell everybody, oh, oh, I can't eat that. I've given that up for Lent, and kind of remind everybody and show off a little bit. And so what are we to do? And I um, took a look around, and the, the good old Methodists uh, came to my aid here. And a fellow named Joe Ivano um, posted uh, 10 things to do. Now, he said on Ash Wednesday, but I altered a bit and said during Lent. 10 things to do during Lent to be appropriate to the scripture readings that we, that we just, just took a look at. So first he put worship. You know, we're, we're open every Sunday. That's, that's, that's my motto. Um, but, you know, frankly, I see most of you here every Sunday, so I don't need to tell you to do that. Um, to serve, and that can be serve in any capacity. That could be give up your seat on the bus. That could be help someone with their groceries. Certainly, there's a lot of mission programs here at the church. Give, I know you all give very generously, but maybe even a little extra tip or just some token to someone and then there's, of course, abstaining from something. And, of course, there's abstaining from certain food. A lot of us give up some food. Um, he suggests giving up gossip or giving up complaining or <laughs> giving up fear. <laughs> A tough one for me. Uh, and it says you probably won't be perfect at this. Certainly pray. He suggests make something. Make music. Make food, make a piece of craft, make, make something probably you've never made before. Be still and meditate. Clean something. Find something that is restored and it will help to remind you we all get to be restored. We get to be renewed. Avoid waste. If I said I, I, I would waste no food during this Lent, that would be quite an achievement. The amount of food I, I waste is appalling, and, uh, and the amount of water I waste is appalling. And to be mindful of those who are without. Forgive and seek forgiveness uh, is the tenth item. So these are the suggestions from uh, our good Methodist friend, and uh, I think they're very apt. Um, so thank you for enduring my a bit scattered message there uh, uh, that I kind of cobbled together quickly, but I pray that the pertinent parts that God ordained came through and my little foibles are forgotten. But uh, with that, then we will move on to the next portion of the service where there's some uh, responsive readings uh, before the imposition of the ashes. Dear people of God, the first Christians observed with great devotion the days of our Lord's passion and resurrection. And it became the custom of the church to prepare for them by a season of, re of penitence and fasting. 
This season of Lent provided in time in which, which converts to the faith are prepared for holy baptism. It is also a time for those who, because of notorious sins, have been separated from the body of the faithful, were reconciled by penitence and forgiveness and restored to the fellowship of the church. Thereby, the whole congregation was put in mind of the message of pardon and absolution set forth in the gospel of our Savior and of the need which all Christians continually have to renew their repentance and faith. I invite you, therefore, in the name of the church to the observance of the Holy Lent by self-examination and repentance, by prayer, fasting, and self-denial, by reading and meditating on God's holy word, and to make a right beginning of repentance as a mark of our mortal nature. Let us now kneel, figuratively, before the Lord, our Maker and our Redeemer. And now please stand and join me in this uh, responsive reading. First, in unison. Most holy and merciful Father, we confess to you and to one another and to the whole communion of saints in heaven and on earth that we have sinned by our own fault in thought, word, and deed, and by what we have done and what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart and mind and strength. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We have not forgiven others as we have been forgiven. Have mercy on us, Lord. Accept our repentance, Lord, for the wrongs we have done, for our blindness to human need and suffering, and our indifference to injustice and cruelty. Accept our repentance, Lord. Restore us, good Lord, and let your anger depart from us. Favorably hear us, for your mercy is great. Accomplish in us the work of your salvation, that we may show forth your glory in the world. By the cross and passion of your Son, our Lord, bring us with all saints to the joy of his resurrection.
You may be seated. So now we will be imposing the ashes, and I'll say, from dust you came, to dust you will return. But it occurred to me that we also came from God. So I would argue that, as I put it on, you also think to yourself, from God I came, and to God I will return. I will uh, stand here and impose the ashes, and I don't think we have ushers, so if you could direct yourselves to come forward. So I'm sorry, please stand as, and receive the closing message. Almighty God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who desires not the death of sinners, but rather that they turn from their wickedness and live, has given power and commandment to his ministers to declare and pronounce to his people, being penitent, the absolution and remission of their sins. His pardon and absolves all those who truly repent and with sincere hearts believe his holy gospel. Therefore, we beseech him to grant us true repentance and his Holy Spirit, that those things may please him that we do on this day, and that the rest of our life hereafter may be pure and holy, so that at the last we may come to his eternal joy. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And the last hymn we will, we will perform, we will sing five times. Ty will play it once, and we will sing it softly, medium, loud, medium, soft. Uh, five times through.
as you go from this place, remember, from God you came, to God you will return. This is the beginning of the journey to the glory of Easter. I thank you for your presence. May God's presence be with you, and may you be filled with God's peace. This day, all your days, now and forevermore, and all God's children said, Amen.